0: Brought to you by PrayLatin.com, makers of prayer cards featuring complete English phonetic renderings of Latin pronunciations. Lately I've been on screen a lot, and it's what I want to do normally, but I'm having some severe technical issues this morning, so it's back to the way I was doing it before, unfortunately. I'll be sorting this stuff out in the coming days. Anyway, today is the day that Francis is going to do what the media is reporting, as fulfilling the request made by Our Lady to Sister Lucia regarding the consecration. Francis announced that he's going to not follow heaven's instructions and will do what his predecessor did. It was reported by LifeSite News first and foremost, and has now since made its way around the internet. Though Vatican News is, at the time of the production of this, being eerily quiet about it. But Francis, like I said, is going to do what his predecessors in the papal office did. He's going to do it his own way. Or at least, he's going to listen to the Roman Curia officials who told him this was too Eurocentric a way to do things. i will let you think about that one for a second. But the previous at least seven consecrations invoking Fatima and the Immaculate Heart of Mary failed to meet the requests of heaven. And I know people say Sister Lucia came out and said that it was the case, and I have always been skeptical of that because that letter has been debunked wildly. (laughs) First and foremost, because she wrote everything by hand her whole life, and then Apparently, into her late 80s, learned how to use some word processing technology that would have been pretty cutting edge for the time and learned how to write these lengthy letters that way. I'm skeptical of that. I'm sorry. It just doesn't seem plausible. And it contradicted everything she said beforehand. Plus, let's be real. The promises of the Fatima consecration were clearly not fulfilled. We did not have the global age of peace, the Marian age of peace that was supposed to come. And this time, it will probably be no different, unless Francis changes his mind at the last moment, which we'll find out today, and ignores the Roman curial influences that convinced him to change his plan. He announces, I know you probably are aware by now, that he intends to consecrate all of humanity to Our Lady's Immaculate Heart, which, by the way, by itself, would be a fine thing. And he's going to also include the countries he mentioned before. This really makes the whole thing murky. That isn't what was requested by Our Lady of Fatima. He's just going to be following in the footsteps of Moses. If you go back to the Old Testament, the error Moses made, he's doing pretty much the same kind of thing. And what he'll be doing in a more modern sense is offering John Paul II's consecration again. And all John Paul II did was reoffer Pius XII's consecration by his own admission, none of which led to a Marian age of peace and the end of the schism between the Catholic Church and the Eastern Orthodox, all of which are part of the promises made by Our Lady at Fatima. Instead of an age of peace, all we have gotten is greater and greater instability and moral decay. So, unless Francis changes his mind, we should just expect more of the same. But I may be wrong. Maybe it'll work this time. If I dig deep into that eternal optimist that I keep buried inside of me, I can provide you an analysis of the events coming today, or after this has happened, if you're watching it, then you'll see what should be coming next. Based on the assumption that, I don't know, Maybe God has just had enough of popes not following his instructions and will instead act with greater mercy than any of us deserves towards all of humanity and will just move forward and put an end to the modern errors, the errors that have spread since 1917. So today, I'm going to talk about what that would look like. It's called the triumph of the Immaculate Heart. It's what Our Lady promised would come when she spoke at Fatima. It is the ultimate promise of Our Lady of Fatima. Should the popes do the consecration as asked? And it's a very simple thing to do as asked, except for this whole little internal church politics thing. And if the laity also keep the five first Saturdays devotion as asked, and very few have, which is why I was skeptical of this at the begin with. So, what is the triumph of the Immaculate Heart? Let's go over that today. Father Dave Nix on his website, PadrePeregrino.org, has an article from 2018 that I'll be using extensively for this in addition to a few other sources. And you can find all my sources linked today, or or listed if it's a book, at ReturnToTradition.org. That's the name of this podcast with a .org at the end. Look for today's episode title in the show notes, and that's where you'll find everything. The key thing to remember about the Fatima message is not the request to consecrate a specific country in isolation, nor is it the admonition to pray the rosary or anything else. They're certainly important things. They're very key to it, but the central key thing is this this context. The appearance of Our Lady of Fatima came in 1917, a monumental year in modern history, when the Leninists were taking control of the country that is of such concern to Heaven and to Our Lady. And it is those errors that are of concern more than anything else. And Heaven warned the faithful of those errors going back as far at least as 1884, If not earlier, if we include the apparitions of Our Lady at Quito, Ecuador, and La Salette, going back centuries. But 1884 is an important year. 33 years before, to the day of the miracle of the sun, Pope Leo XIII had his famous vision of the discourse between our blessed Lord and the great adversary, Satan. And that is important to revisit here, because the Fatima message is ultimately about the salvation of souls. Souls are what this is about, and how a great many souls fall into perdition because of sin. And that is why some of us, including myself, are Fatima hardlinists, because this is about the salvation of souls. As the account goes, Leo XIII saw the following, as presented by Father Dave Nix in his article. Quote, On the 13th of October, 1884, Pope Leo XIII entered a trance after finishing a Mass in the Vatican, and he saw Jesus and Satan talking. Satan. I can destroy your church. Our blessed Lord, you can, then go ahead and do so. Satan, to do so I need more time and more power. Our Lord, how much time, how much power? Satan, seventy five to one hundred years, and a greater power over those who will give themselves over to my service. Our Lord, you have the time, you will have the power. Do with them what you will. Pope Leo the Thirteenth then went on to composes prayer to St. Michael to be prayed after Masses everywhere. Fast forward 33 years to 1917, when the Mother of God would have monthly apparitions to Simple Shepherd children in Fatima, Portugal. To these children, Mary revealed warnings about World War II and the future of the Catholic Church. Besides these prophecies coming true, the children were also vindicated when 70,000 onlookers, including atheists, saw the sun zigzagging and diving to the earth. Even secular press admitted this sun miracle took place. It was probably the most spectacular miracle in the history of the world, at least since the resurrection of Jesus Christ. End quote. Now, remember what our Lord said there, you have the time, you will have the power. Emphasis mine, but you will. That's an important wording that a lot of people overlook. Now, an error people frequently make with the vision of Pope Leo XIII is assuming that Satan was granted that power immediately upon his requesting it. Others have suggested that due to events happening involving the Leninists, that point to October 13th being the day that the country so dear to Our Lady and the Fatima message was really reborn into the tyrannical state that it would become for most of the 20th century. But those events aren't important. Remember, the warning in the Fatima message is about the spreading of errors around the world. Elsewhere, in 1929 at Tui, Sister Lucia had a vision of our Blessed Lord, where he told her that the consecration would be done but late. Some translations and other accounts of her recounting that story say that she used the word too late, but either way, those words were said in a specific context, and that context was the spread of those errors. That it would be too late because those errors would spread, not too late to do the consecration. How many souls are lost because of the spread of the errors of impurity, vice, schism, heresy, and a total lack of belief? It says so in the Fatima message that the sins of impurity lead more souls to perdition than anything else. The infiltration of the church by men who have no place in the priesthood began shortly thereafter, according to Bella Dodd and Mary Carey, who wrote AA 1025 Memoirs of an Anti-Apostle. Those errors found their way into the church and are painfully visible in our time, even at the highest level, with the man who is supposed to be offering the consecration today himself a promoter of some of those same errors himself. But what is the triumph of the Immaculate Heart of Mary? It's the smashing of those errors in the conversion of sinners, the conversion of entire nations, nay, our entire civilization. That's what that is. The Fatima message is about salvation before it is about anything else, because what does our Lord more want than anything? the salvation of souls. Few think about the implication of the triumph of the Immaculate Heart, since we live in a civilization that runs off of sin. Our politics, economics, entertainment, pretty much everything, is steeped in sin, and all facets of those things have been condemned by the Church over the centuries. The triumph of the Immaculate Heart will leave the world unrecognizable if the consecration is done according to the will of heaven. According to Father Dave Nix's article, quote, But what does it mean that, in the end, my Immaculate Heart will triumph? This is only my theory, but I believe there are only two possibilities for this triumph. Period of peace, and they are indeed mutually exclusive. One, the end of the world. Or, two, the transition from this turbulent fifth age of the Church into the sixth and peaceful age of the Church. The second admittedly sounds strange, and we will get to that later, but let's start with the evidence for the first, via a Vatican-approved apparition of Mary. The Mother of God appeared to our children in Africa through the 1980s, warning them about heaven and hell, as well as coming terrible events to Rwanda, which ended up coming true in 1994. One of the visionaries of Our Lady of Kibeho said this about Our Lady's warnings. Because she loves us so much, she wants us to have more faith in God. During Advent, we should reflect upon the return of Jesus. She told me that her son will return to the earth soon, and that our souls must be prepared for his arrival. The world is in a very bad way. However, there is more evidence for the second theory, namely that the triumph of the Immaculate Heart of Mary is not going to be the end of the world, but rather a new era of peace coming upon the Church and the whole world. This is already found in the writings of venerable Bartholomew Holzhauser, a 17th century founder of a religious community who conglomerated the teaching of many saints and prophets. Much evidence points to the fact that we, now in the 21st century, are at the end of that tumultuous fifth age of the Church, Coming quickly into the sixth age of an era of peace. Notice how similar this is to what Mary said at Fatima regarding a period of peace. In fact, many canonized saints and ancient prophets conglomerated in this book, he has a link to a book that I will have for you, uh, you'll be able to find in his article when you go to my website. At the sixth age of the church, we'll include two figures known as the Holy Pope and the great Catholic monarch. He has preached on the, those two expected men in a second half of a podcast that he also has listed. Even before the death of the last apostle, already the Catholic Church was saving several antichrists. See First John chapter 2, verse 18. However, the final antichrist will not come until the seventh age of the church, concurrent with several global happenings that he has spoken about in his podcast elsewhere, all proved from the Bible and the Catechism, not private revelation. Again, notice that we are only in the fifth age of the Church, and these events will be found in the seventh age of the Church. So the final Antichrist is probably not in power yet, anywhere in the world. End lengthy quote. When talking about the ages of the Church, I have a video that I did a couple of years ago on that, and I'll probably revisit that topic again in the future because it's important. We'll be talking, I suspect, about Francis' pseudo-consecration for some time. Um, also Bishop Williams has a rather legendary talk on the seven ages of the church that's floating around on YouTube. You can find that easily if you want, but if you want to read that piece for yourself that I've been quoting extensively here, you can do so through my link to the article on my sources site at return to tradition.org. That's the name of this podcast, the.org at the end, just get past the Patreon pop-up unless you want to become a patron of the channel because there's no paywall for my sources. I also have several videos on that prediction of Van Holtzhauser, as well as similar ones from Alois Erlmeyer and a few others who made my, who made predictions about this period of church history. But what does this triumph entail? It entails an end of the errors we were warned about, those errors that pretty much define modernity for all of us. Think about it this way. What would be the effect be if those errors came to in- end? Schism, vice, impurity, all of that stuff, rampant non-belief. It wouldn't be suddenly the defeat of whatever political party you dislike. You're thinking way too small. The entire social order as we know it would come to an end. It would have to. Sin runs so deeply now in the modern world that everything we know would come to an end. And that's fine and just. But the cost in the short term will be staggering, but it will be well worth it. In the only economy that heaven really cares about, and that is the salvation of souls. Then Cardinal Ratzinger, writing in the early 2000s at the late tail-end part of the John Paul II papacy, wrote in the memoirs of Sister Lucia the following, quote, I would like finally to mention another key expression of the, quote, secret which has become justly famous. My Immaculate Heart will triumph. What does that mean? The heart open to God, purified by contemplation of God, is stronger than guns and weapons of every kind. The fiat of Mary, the word of her heart, has changed the history of the world. Because it brought the Savior into the world, Because, thanks to her, yes, God could become man in our world, and remains so for all time. The evil one has power in this world, as we see and experience continually. He has power because our freedom continually lets itself be led away from God. But since God himself took a human heart, and thus steered human freedom towards what is good, the freedom to choose evil no longer has the last word. From that time forth, the word that prevails is this. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. See John chapter 16, verse 33. The message of Fatima invites us to trust in this promise. End quote. That's a pretty simple message, one that is wrapped in a bit of ambiguity we've come to expect in the post-conciliar era, but I have to ask the unpleasant question. What exactly in the world is not in turmoil and turbulence in our time? What is the cause of turbulence? It's sin and a rejection of God. It is those errors Our Lady warned us of, and they permeate everything in the world at this time. If Francis does this consecration correctly, then the days ahead, will get interesting, to say the least. I don't tell you that to cause you anxiety or anything. Far from it. Instead, if you are hearing or watching this before Francis does his consecration, please pray for it to fulfill Heaven's request. If you are seeing this after pray for heaven to accept it. But here's the thing few are talking about. The consecration by Francis will answer a lot of questions about its alleged papacy. If Our Lady's Triumph does not follow, and it will be obvious if it does, then we will all have to face some questions about who is running the church. Yesterday, I went over how absolutely terrible the prayer was that he released. For those who missed it, Francis decided to consecrate all of humanity, Yes, and he named the countries in question, but he decided to include a consecration of all humanity, and he did it in the name of his favorite stonecutter value, human fraternity, a value that is utterly alien to Catholicism. This consecration is shaping up to be a consecration in the name of the Leviathan and of the secular powers, or at the very least in the name of their values. And you might be wondering what's wrong with including all of humanity. Well, the problem is, he was given specific instructions, way back in 1929. And it goes back to the story of Moses from the Old Testament. He was given very simple instructions, and he exceeded them. He did more than what was asked, and it cost him entry into the promised land. Think about it. The message of Fatima includes a call to conversion, and his prayer makes no mention of converting those to the Catholic faith that are the subject of the consecration call. If you give this prayer a quick read, it will look like he is following the instructions given to Sister Lucia in 1929, if you just give it a quick read, but he is omitting a lot of the message of Fatima. Ninety-three years after the message was given certainly constitute being done late, even too late in terms of the spread of the errors. But aside from all that, if nothing improves, if there is no obvious conversion to the Catholic faith of the people being consecrated, then we have some hard questions to address. It's an unpleasant truth. But the days ahead may be very uncertain. I was asked by a listener why I thought it was good that Francis was doing the consecration, since in that listener's own estimation, Francis was not the Pope. My answer is simple. We'll find out soon enough from the looks of it. This may be a moment of great conversion for him, since the errors he promotes are linked directly to the errors warned about by Our Lady. Liberation theology was a project of that country and its agents in South America back in the 1920s, coinciding with the work of Bella Dodd in the United States. Those errors will be defeated upon a successful consecration. I'll close here with this. In the Liturgy of the Hours and the Preconciliar Literal Office of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the tract for the Prayer for Septuagesima Sunday includes this prayer. Rejoice, O Virgin Mary, for thou alone have destroyed all heresies. Thou believed the word of the Archangel Gabriel. A virgin still, thou brought forth the God-man. Thou bore a child, O Virgin, and remained a virgin still. Mother of God, intercede for us. That is the prayer for Septuagesima Sunday from the Liturgy of the Hours. That, I think, sums up nicely what the triumph of the Immaculate Heart will look like. Heresy destroys faith, and heresy and apostasy run rampant in the culture today. All traceable to errors Sister Lucia was warned of in 1917, and what Heaven was warning us of at La Salette, and Quito, Ecuador, and numerous other places going beforehand. In that, I think we can place our hope, because we know that in the end, Our Lady's Immaculate Heart will triumph, and everyone will know that it was heaven that triumphed. If the consecration is done correctly, it'll be sooner rather than later, because in the end, it will triumph. We'll find out soon enough. Please pray for its success, or at the very least, if you don't believe it's going to be successful in the slightest and wondering why so many trads are hoping that about this, at least pray for the illumination of intellects so that we can see through the diabolic disorientation, should that consecration not have the effect promised by Our Lady. Let me know what you think of this in the comments, please. This concept of the triumph of the Immaculate Heart is being the smashing of errors and the ushering in of true peace, theological as well as material, which none of us have experienced. Let me know what you think of that. I'm interested in what you have to say, and like and subscribe if you haven't, it really does help. And thanks to the patrons for their support of this channel. It is greatly appreciated in these times. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.